We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome back to No Other Pod, the first victory pod of 2020. Three points, three points. Three Three points, three points. Right there, that's Dan. I'm Jimmy. Dan, what's going on, my friend? Three points, dude. That's what's going on, man. Being towards the top of the table is what's going on. MLS Cup, we coming. Now let's pump the brakes. (laughs) <laughs> we got 33 games sorry. left so Ooh. you know let's let's Ooh, sorry just breathe you know hey we got through week one without any serious injury which is more than some teams can say we'll talk about that uh oh man and we got a road victory three points which you thought we would last week and i did not so hey that's about all you can ask for to start off right well there's so. people that like to take chances jimmy there's people that like to like make make accurate predictions and then there's, you know, <laughs> and no. then there's me. Yeah, no. I mean, you would think a, a a draw on the road would happen, but uh, we got it done, man. And I felt that felt pretty good, and made it always makes staying up late worth it for those West Coast games. It does. We got perhaps the greatest gift of all time out of the game as well, which we will talk about. Oh my God! So yes, please. <laughs> But, uh, but before we get to all that, I do want to just thank everybody who's given us a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts. If you have not yet done it, please go ahead and do so. We greatly appreciate everyone that's done it, and we'll read it here if you leave us the five-star rating and review. Just let us know what you think, what you want us to see, who you might want us to interview, and we'll do our best to make it happen. So shout-out to everybody who's done it, and uh, shout-out to everybody who will do it. But... Let's jump right into this game because there's quite a bit to talk about. Uh, and, you know, we, we want to try to keep this to under an hour or so. Let's first talk about the lineup that came out because everybody wanted to know what is the first starting 11 going to look like for Sporting Casey. And I don't think this looked that different than many people expected, but I want you to tell me, were there any surprises from what you saw that you didn't quite expect? Um... Not really, dude. Um, you know, we, we thought Kendo would make his way in there because he'd been really showing out on preseason. But uh, And I, I even said I think he puts uh, Kyrie Shelton over there on the left, man, and he did. So it was, uh, I don't know, really no big surprises. 
Yeah, Shelton and Russell, they kind of flipped back and forth, you know, left side, right side. Russell traditionally has been playing on the right, even though he's a left-footed winger. Um, so they, they kind of were a little bit interchangeable that way. I guess the only – it's not even really a surprise given how the preseason went, but if you were to ask me before the preseason started who would be the wing opposite Johnny Russell, I probably would have said, well, it's a it's most likely Jersil, but maybe Daniel Shallowy. I don't think many people expected Kyrie Shelton to come in and sort of solidify his – his starting spot on that right side, left side, wherever he plays, kind of like he has. And, and to be honest, I thought he looked pretty good for most of the game. So that's what kind of surprised me a bit, I guess. But I don't know. I, I kind of like what I saw. So I dug it, man. I, I dug it for a while. Um, cohesion was really working, you know. Yeah, it definitely looked like pretty much from the first kick. Now, you were managing Twitter for this game because you pretty much take the away games and I take the home games. And I was at a wedding for the first half of the game, so I couldn't watch until the second half started. Uh, but it, it looked to me, and I want to get your thoughts, you know, watching it live. I went back and watched it too. You just said cohesion looked pretty good. This didn't necessarily look like a team that had two, well, I guess three brand new pieces in the starting lineup and then Shelton who's been away for a year so kind of four new pieces from last year in the starting lineup didn't really look like that they'd missed much of a beat did it no man it it uh the uh, the upper half of our lineup was really was really clicking and they were quick man and our midfield looked good and Roger looked good and uh Roger's shots on goal were actually near the goal and not freaking <laughs> in space like some of them are. He's he's hitting some lady carrying her nachos on the concourse sometimes, you know. But uh, it it was fun to watch, man. I had a, I enjoyed myself. Yeah, Sporting Casey came out uh, dominating possession early. Um, typically, Sporting Casey wins possession by the game's end. It pretty much ended almost fifty fifty, but. You know, both of these teams, Vancouver and Sporting KC, have some big new additions, uh, namely uh, Cavallini and Polito and the two strikers. They were both at the bottom of the Western Conference last year. So this this game really sort of was going to set the tone for, okay, what's the first part of 2020 going to look like? How are these teams going to respond from 2019? I really think Sporting KC answered the bell pretty well here, and it kind of started off very quickly in just the sixth minute uh, newcomer Gadi Kinda found himself with the ball kind of near um, the top of the box off of a rebound and and he did a couple little fancy footwork rift, ripped a shot off of his left foot this one did not find the net it kind of curled over the left corner but I really liked seeing him be so aggressive in the sixth minute uh, I liked seeing him try to make some things happen and, and shoot the ball uh Obviously, we'll talk about his goal later, but give me your first impressions for, for what you saw from a player like Gadi Kinda, who who we had heard so much about but hadn't necessarily seen in, in live action. Well, first of all, I want to say that Vancouver's bad, and, and we always <laughs> say, you know, we say, don't, okay, don't judge the first few games if you're losing. Well, in that case, you really can't overjudge the first few games if you're winning. So that being said, Gadi Kinda just injects uh, uh, fire, dude. He j- just straight into the veins of this midfield and even the forwards. Like, it's almost like he wants to be a forward, man. He wants to be up there doing things. The dude's quick, and the dude doesn't have the, uh, an, a quit button. He doesn't have an off button. No, you're right. He got a bullshit yellow card in the third minute without even getting a warning. What was that about? Was, you yeah. don't get a warning ever? 
It, I mean, man, it didn't even look like it was remotely close to it. Like, if he would have come in from behind and tackled him, I, I guess I get giving a, a yellow card. Oh. But it's the first game of the year. It's the third minute. He kind of tugged him a little bit, but that's not. That's never a yellow card in my book, unless that's persistent infringement. That is not a yellow card. And I just, I could not. Dude, I what just was figured. Happening. I just figured Ted Uncle was like, uh, "This, I'm setting the, I'm setting the pace. I'm the referee. This is my game, and I will." Throw out some yellow cards. I'm out of fucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but honestly, I mean, look, third third minute of the first game of the season, like even if you're like, okay, I want to set the tone here, you can pull them aside, do the whole like no more type thing, even though it's the yeah. literal first foul of, of the first <laughs> game of the minutes. season. But like, come on, man. And and he almost got himself into a corner because then Gaddy Kinda had probably a worse foul later in like the 20-some-odd minute. And he almost had to give him a second yellow and a red card because he'd already backed himself into a corner. And he decided, no, I'm just going to talk to him and give him a warning that time. But that's why you don't give bullshit yellows, Ted Uncle. So Yeah, because then you put yourself into a position like, oh, no, I technically have to give a red on this one. You know what I mean? Like, right. if I just set the standard there and he raised, he, he called me, so I have to do it. Yeah, so I, I don't really know what he was doing. And, and it was ridiculous, but... I totally agree with what you're saying. Gadi Kinda brings an energy to this team that I haven't quite seen probably since Latif. And and we got a little bit of that on, on Twitter. Um we had, you know, one of our, our fans, um, Viet fan on Twitter, who's his Twitter name, he said, Watching Gadi Kinda play, I'm reminded of Latif Blessing. Um I think they have that same sort of spark, that same sort of energy. Obviously, they play different positions on the field, and Gaddy Kinda has a little bit better control with the ball at his feet and does a little bit more defensively and through the middle of the field. But do you kind of see that same sort of like passion and energy and just running all over the field that Latif brought in Gaddy Kinda as well? Yeah, for sure. And I, I think uh, it also reminds us, uh, some people of our uh, our songs. <laughs> <laughs> our podcast songs about uh the players yeah yeah people do like people like we got emails uh about you singing uh Gary Kinda to uh um different songs and show tunes uh-huh. and and yeah people like it so. how do you think my wife feels man how do you think my <laughs> wife feels when my freaking oven makes a jingle when it's preheated and i go the oven's preheated <laughs> <laughs> you don't turn it to, you can't unhear it you don't tune it to fiddler on the roof for that one either <laughs> So no, I don't know how to customize it. I think I got to hack into it. Uh, anyway, yeah. So hopefully we have a, a, well, obviously we have more to talk about from Gaddy Kinda later in this game. Really like what I'm seeing from him so far. Also like what I'm seeing from Alan Pulido. Uh, you know, it was not 10 minutes later after Kinda's first chance where um, Sporting KC had a set piece chance. Uh, Poonchech kind of caught the rebound, headed it back toward the center of the box where Polito was there. And, man, this header, I, I mean, it, he doesn't make it look very hard, but this is a highly difficult header because the ball was not coming at him very fast. He has to, one, place it exactly right, and, two, get some power on it. And he somehow does exactly what he needs to do, puts just the right amount of power, puts it in just the right spot, gets it past the Vancouver keeper to bounce it off the post and into the net. First goal of the year. 1-0 Sporting KC, and it comes from the DP number nine striker. Couldn't have really gotten off to a better start. Pretty yeah, cool. what a what a goal, right? Like, you, people don't make headers like that, man. That that's just not something that happens. And uh, to see our guy get get on the to get on the board like that, 
Money well spent, man. Yeah, and some of his highlights, you know, people, and I think even our boy Andrew Wiebe was trying to say, like, oh, you know, he's not as great with his head as maybe you'd kind of like. And, and I remember seeing some of the highlights on, on the headers. He had well-placed headers in, in the highlight packages that were going around, and, and, you know, obviously they're highlights, so maybe they're just being picked out of all of the, you know, other lowlights, if you will. But I saw this ability in him in those highlight packages that we saw, and this is almost identical to one of the goals he scored last year in Liga MX. And if this is the type of finisher that we're getting where he can sort of make his way in the box and place headers like that clinically, man, whatever we paid for, well, well worth it. Um, yeah, we and, haven't seen and, that for a while, man. We haven't seen someone score with their head since, uh, shit, I don't know, Dom Dwyer maybe? Yeah. Occasionally? I mean, like, yeah, we haven't had a sort of consistent threat. I mean, I could do it when he was here, like off of set pieces in the box, but that was really, you know, only – few and far between during set pieces. Graham Smith has done it once, but all of these guys are defenders who are coming off set pieces. We haven't really seen a forward who can sort of put his head on the end of the ball and, and get it in the back of the net. Uh, right. But I do want to ask you, how important do you think is it not only for Polito and the team, but for the fan base to see 15 minutes into the first game, the multi-million dollar record-setting striker already getting on the score sheet? Just what kind of tone does that set for the rest of the year for the team and the fans oh yeah man i mean you you expect to i don't know a player like him you would like to see a goal every other game or more you know what i mean yeah um so right there that's going to give him supposedly 17 plus goals for the year and i think that's pretty satisfactory but just to just to have him get on the board so early is uh it, it's great, man, and you know it didn't last long because then we conceded a goal pretty, uh, pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, so let's move to that because you know when we were talking before the podcast off air, uh, we were talking about how much you know the offense looks good, the newcomers look good, defense. We only gave yeah, up one goal, he's bad, but the defense is still a little shaky, particularly Graham Zusi, and Graham Zusi just got taken to the woodshed by Jacob Nervinsky here, and and. There's no yeah. other way around, other way to say it, other than Zusi was just not good enough. So, what did you see from Zusi on this play, and maybe the night on the whole? But the night on the whole, I didn't think it was that bad. I thought he was, I thought he had some good moments, man. He even had a shot on goal, and he was getting forward. But this particular play was like, oh no, oh man, he just he burned you. You got burnt, and you saw the frustration when the goal happened. He just kind of jumped around did a 180 and like clenched his fist man he was he was pissed he knew what happened you didn't even have to tell him he knew yeah he got turned around on on the sideline then he didn't have the speed to to beat Nervinsky to the end line and then Nervinsky kind of uh muscled him off the ball on the end line and just Zussi didn't have the speed to catch up never had a chance and then Nervinsky put a, a gorgeous ball right across the face of goal um and and it just it, it was, or maybe Nervinsky was the guy who actually scored. Maybe it wasn't Nervinsky who was the one who, who turned Zussi around. Either way, who, the Vancouver winger who who got the assist just took full advantage of Zussi's age and Zussi's speed and just wasn't able to to get it done. Um, I don't know. It just it makes me a little nervous uh, for what Zussi has going forward. Um, Milinkovic is is the winger who who turn Zussi around 
Uh, it just makes me nervous for what Zussi brings going forward. There were some fine moments on the night, but if he's not going to be able to keep up with the speed of some of these wingers, like think about next week. We have a very fast Houston Dynamo team coming in that, that's got some very dangerous players, and I just worry about the, the speed of, of Zussi back there. Maybe at some point do you think we see Jalen Lindsay sort of get some minutes back there? Dude, it's possible. I mean, we've uh, they've teased it. They they've they've mentioned that you know Jalen will get some time there, but uh, I know everyone wants it. I just I just don't know when that breaking point is. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, look, I don't think we're gonna come out here and, and Saturday we're gonna have Jalen Lindsay starting at right back, but Zusi at times didn't look great defensively. Ilya is another one who at times didn't look great defensively. Um, and the common denominator between those two is they just don't have the speed that some of these players have. And and so it kind of makes you start to wonder, okay, well, who's going to be the odd man out, especially in that midfield where you have Felipe at some point will be coming back. You have Gianluca Buzio who's going to be needing to get minutes. Okay, well, now suddenly you have Gadi Kinda, who he doesn't look like he can come out of the lineup. Roger Espinosa, Felipe Gutierrez, Gianluca Buzio, and Ilya Sanchez, five guys vying for three spots. That's That's pretty tough. So I don't yeah, know man. how I don't know how Peter's going to manage that, but we'll we'll tackle that a little bit more later. Um, just before the half, thirty nine minutes to go, or excuse me, thirty ninth minute. Um, Gotti Kinda almost a, a, a exact same shot as what he had earlier in the fifth minute, except this time he just puts it on frame, and it is a rocket left footed uh, shot. Uh, first off, he flipped the field over to Luis Martins on the left side in the buildup. Martins got down, cut the ball back, Kinda wide open, no one within 10 yards of him, and just curls this rocket perfectly into the top left corner. Clearly nobody on Vancouver thought he was capable of doing that because nobody closed down. But when I saw this goal, I realized how special this player might be, and it just got me so excited to see what can happen this season. So what was your reaction when this goal happened? Well, I first knew he he had it in him when he barely missed one in the in the general direction earlier in the game. It's like, oh, oh, he's trying to he's trying to shoot in that corner. He's done that a time or two. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when it happened, it's like, yep, that's what he wanted to do earlier. That's fantastic. And if you see the angle on the replay from behind the goal, it really gives a great view as to just how much curl he put on this shot. I mean, it's. This is a high-class shot, and that's why it's up for MLS Goal of the Week. Go vote for it if you have not yet voted already. And, I mean, he is well outside the the keeper's six-yard box, and he just curls it perfectly into the top left corner. He's probably not going to get that kind of space all season long because they're, they're going to learn that he's capable of doing that. But if they know they have to close him down at the top of the box, all that's going to do is give Alan Polito more space inside the box. It's going to give... Roger Espinoza or Kyrie Shelton or Johnny Russell or other people more room to run make late runs into the box clear out some space so the more we can have goals coming from all over the field like that the better it's going to be so I'm really excited to see what happens with Gotti Quinta in the future Um, absolutely just before halftime Vancouver did almost equalize uh, their new striker uh, Lucas Cavallini um, he had a shot just in front of goal, and, and he put it off the post. Uh, Sporting Casey probably a little lucky. The ball bounced around quite a bit. He put it off the post, and then it was cleared. 
this was a little nerve-wracking because had we gone into halftime 2-2 instead of up 2-1, I feel like we might have had a different outcome in the game. But Well, the whole game was kind of like this. I mean, if they finish their chances, they crush us. I mean, they just they had so many opportunities, bro, and that's where I that's where we kind of visit that uh, our defensive line is not really improved right now. Yeah, and then later, you know, in, in the second half, 88th minute, Lucas Cavallini had a one-on-one again with Tim Milia. Um, you, you can argue about who's at fault, you know, for for this one. The you know, Ilya's way up the field, misses a slide tackle, has trouble um, rec- recovering. Um, there's just too much space. Beasler stepped up. Cavallini made a good run. Thankfully, Tim Mealy is one of the best, if not the best, goalkeeper in MLS. Otherwise, this was probably going to end 2-2. But uh, this this got scary at times. So, um, Yeah, man, it was. And that's all they have ever asked of Tim Mealy. They have said if he can make one big stop a game, that's all they ask of him. And that one-on-one business, man, that counts. That's a big stop. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we're very used to Sporting KC having one goal late leads. Uh, this has happened many, many times over the last three, four years. We're also very, right. very used to Sporting KC giving up a late goal, giving up an equalizer, or holding on to a, a one-point draw on the road and giving up a late winner to the other team. So this was kind of a very familiar position for all of us. What wasn't very familiar is the 95th minute when Sporting KC did not take their foot off the gas. And this arguably was a better goal than even the Gotti Kinda goal, um, not because of the finish, but because of the moves that Jerso puts on the Vancouver defense here. Jerso makes some room for himself in the box, gets the loose ball, puts the spin cycle on, smashes the B button on the PlayStation controller, spins around the Vancouver defender, chips a gorgeous cross to Eric Hurtado, who one-times it off the volley into the back of the net. That seals at 3-1, and what a way to finish the first game of the year. <laughs> you just pissed off a bunch of nerds when you said a PlayStation controller has a B button. Oh, yeah, that's right, huh? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Circle. Yeah, no, no. I play Xbox. Xbox. I don't know guy. why I said PlayStation. That's yeah. <laughs> all good. Calling me out. But no, uh, <laughs> the best thing to come out of this game was uh, Peter Vermees' content. Uh, telling someone to fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure who he was. To, if was it Mark Dos Santos? Was it the fourth official? I Nobody's think so. really. I, I don't. I don't know. What's What's weird to me is when you see the the first off. I saw it live and I was like, did that just? Did he just say what I think he said? But then obviously you've seen the gif make its rounds away, make the rounds yeah. all over Twitter. Uh, they've talked about it on ESPN national shows today uh, or on so Monday. Funny. And what's so confusing to me is it's like he's like questioning at first. He's like, fuck off. Like me? Fuck off. Like no, no. no. And then he's like, Dude, no, you I, fuck it's off. All, it's three different times. It's amazing. Like if, if you pull it up right now, pause the podcast and pull it up because he just goes, oh, fuck off. And then he pauses and he goes, fuck off. And then he goes, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> the first exactly. one's my favorite because yeah. he kind of puts his chin down. He's like, well, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. I mean, your inflections hit it on the head. But I want to know, like that third yeah. one especially. I'm like, what what's going on in his mind? <laughs> like, what what is happening here? Uh, I'm a little scared to ask him about I'm it. Like, do you and do you and Mark Dos Santos have some bad blood from when he was uh, he was here? I mean, he was literally your employee, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, it would make sense almost if the last one was the first one, because then he'd be kind of like questioning it, like you're telling me to fuck. No, like you fuck off. Like I, I'm not fucking to fuck off. You fuck off, and it's just like right. But it's just it's the fact that the first one was like fuck off. <laughs> yeah, it's like the third one was almost like please, like <laughs> yeah, fuck off. You're gonna do it, please. Yeah, fuck off. Go ahead, fuck off. It just I don't know what happened, but it's my most favorite thing, and we're gonna save it and we're gonna use it. We're not gonna overuse it, but we're gonna use it a few times this year, I'm sure. Uh, uh, I don't know how to save it. I don't know how to do that. I was literally googling like how to how do I save videos, <laughs> but uh, I know I know you got that on lock. So there you go. Yeah, if you bookmark it and then from mobile, you can kind of hold down on it and you can say tweet gif, and then it looks like you're just tweeting the gif without the rest of the tweet. So I'll show you how to do it. Um. What I if just, it's a what if it's a video? You can do it with video too. So you you can save the video. You you just gotta say like bookmark the tweet and then you can tweet the video from and make it look like you're tweeting it out. I'll show you how. It's hard to explain. Yeah, you'll have to. But um, while we're talking about it, no one <laughs> needs to hear this. Um, this has been tech support with Jimmy. Thank you for tuning in. Um, <laughs> but man, look. When it comes down to it, 3-1, first game of the year, three points on the road, that was better than I could have hoped for. And the defense has some work to do. The offense has a little bit of work to do as well. This is by no means a finished product. But just give me your overall first impression of the team after the first game of 2020. Uh, Overall first impression of the team is a positive one because you went on the road in your first game and you won the game. All right? You didn't settle for a tie. You went out there and got it done. Now, I'm excited. My, my impression is that the, the top two-thirds of our lineup is pretty good, but I'm a little worried about our back line. But guess what, dude? We've got time to figure that shit out. All right? You got Houston coming to town. Uh, then you got to go play uh, uh, Atlanta United, all right? Which, you know, no Joseph Martinez. And then you go play San Jose. All right, still warming up. Then Real Salt Lake comes here. Like, when's the next challenge? Uh, April 4th at LA Galaxy, probably? Uh, I mean, that'll definitely be a tough one. I don't want to get too confident because we don't yet know exactly what our team is. We don't yet exactly know what other teams are. Obviously, Atlanta. No, but we got time to figure that out. Yeah. I mean, these, the schedule's set up pretty well over the next couple of games. Um, you know, obviously, you don't wish anybody getting hurt, you know, even an Atlanta player. And we all know how we feel about Atlanta, but, you know, it's tough to see a player of of, Joseph, of any quality, but particularly as good as Joseph Martinez is, to go down with a torn ACL. You know, we wish him a speedy recovery. We don't want that to happen. Um, that doesn't mean it's not a little bit entertaining to watch to Atlanta Twitter <laughs> implode, because it is. They did implode, and there were some assholes that were really celebrating an injury, which you don't want to do that. I mean, you'd rather he just not play. Like, can he just be healthy and just not play? Right. But, uh, you know, it does suck that he, his, uh, his season's prop all but over pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, but I think you're right. I think that there's, there's some opportunity here to get some points on the board early. And I think Sporting KC definitely has to do that. Uh, you know, we know how tough the summer can be. And we know when the injury bug hits, it can, and the U.S. Open Cup hits. And we'll have an extra game in the U.S. Open Cup if we go for it this year. So, early points will definitely matter. Um, yeah, and I, and I just want to read a couple of quotes here. Uh, Peter Vermees on, on Alan Polito, you know, basically he was like, this is what I expected. He can play in between the lines. When he needs to be a target forward, he can. And when he needs to go out wide and play a combination, he can. 
Uh, when you get him around the box and you give him just a little bit of time, he's a clinical finisher, he's deadly, and he's got a great nose for the goal. So I definitely noticed him dropping back and, and playing a little deeper at times. Um, I don't know if you did as well, but I really like what I saw from him there. And then yeah. um, on Gotti Kinda, Peter says, he worked so hard. If you love this game and you love positive play, that guy is electrifying to watch. He deserved the goal based on his positive play tonight. So I think, you know, he's he's right on with, with both of those assessments. And I think maybe, you know, obviously Johnny Russell's been here for a few years now, but this is the most exciting and electric I've seen offensive players be since we've signed Johnny Russell a few years ago. And I think it's it's exciting to now know that we have players of Johnny Russell's quality, Felipe Gutierrez's quality, Gadi Kinda's quality, Alan Polito's quality, all on the field at the same time. That's pretty crazy for a Sporting KC team that's sort of traditionally been a moneyball type team. So this, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. But... Gotti Kinda earned enough to make uh, MLS Team of the Week. So, based on the Audi yeah, performance. Yeah, how cool index, is that, right? Yeah. So, not a bad. I, uh, I don't think anyone expected to uh, have a sporting player on the Team of the Week in the first week. I don't know. It just seems seems awesome. Yeah. So, I, I, I definitely didn't expect it, particularly a player playing his first game in, uh, in a new league after only coming to the United States for the first time just a couple months ago. So um, definitely a good start. Now let's look at the Houston Dynamo game this Saturday. Houston obviously played the LA Galaxy in Houston. They held them to a 1-1 draw. Chicharito did not look overly great, so maybe that's a little bit of rust on his part. Maybe that's the Houston defense that held him in check. I don't know. but Retirement league, bro. He's just trying to blend (laughs) into our retirement league. There you go. Uh, what do you expect to see when we take on the Houston Dynamo at Children's Mercy Park in the home opener Saturday night? Say that one more time. What What do you expect out of this game? What do you expect to see uh, when Houston. we take the field Saturday night? Yeah. Oh, I'm feeling uh, uh, it's gonna be hype. I mean, you know, Sporty knows how to put together a good uh, a good first game at home. Um, I haven't heard of any concerts though, man. I, didn't we used to have like uh a Tech Nine performance or, or another local Kansas City band performance with like a laser light show or something. I haven't yeah. haven't heard anything about that. So yeah, but I, I I'm expecting a victory. Um, Houston's dangerous though, man. They got some they got some pieces. Um, they they can get things done, you know. Yeah, um, Maral Manotas is obviously very good. Uh, they have Christian Ramirez, although he didn't get in the game really. Um, Alberta Elise. So they have some pieces. Uh, you know, this this isn't a team that has seen a Boniac lot of Garcia. turnover. Uh Bonia Garcia, Darwin Quintero, they they got from Minnesota last year. So he's he is maybe their biggest addition, at least offensively in the offseason. Um so not terribly different from last year. So definitely a beatable team, but also a team that could give Sporting KC some fits with their speed. And and they're obviously a team that knows SKC very well. Uh but you're you're thinking we're coming out of Saturday night with with another victory, huh? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's gonna be, I don't know, man. These new guys. I mean, if they were pumped to go play in Vancouver, they're gonna be freaking jacked to come play here. I mean, the Cauldron, uh, the whole crowd in general are gonna be bringing it all night. So what what do you think the predicted score line is? 
Well, I think we uh, I think we win by two goals again. Okay. Two goals. Uh, I'm gonna you know, uh, a two nil would be nice, but I don't really I don't really trust our defense. So like a three one sounds more realistic. Yeah, I think we will win as well. I think it'll probably be two one. I think we give up another goal. I don't know that we get three into the back of the net. Although I would love it. Um, I'm gonna say two one. It's gonna get a little nerve wracking toward the end, but the the fans will will bring the energy and uh it'll it'll be a rocking children's mercy park and, and we come out of there with the victory so looking forward to seeing the tifo that that cauldron has planned i'm sure they're gonna have a good one as well so we'll see see if they have another baby yoda tifo because that seemed to be the tifo of choice for supporters clubs around the league this week was uh, that a thing i uh, uh yeah there's at notice. least two of them i think fc dallas did one lafc did one there's probably another one so We'll see. Well, tell you what, I started doing, uh, you know, I used to watch the condensed match, okay? Yeah. Uh, remember when it was on the MLS app? Well, now, yeah. th- those were 20 minutes, okay? And it was like, oh, man, it's a lot of matches. Now it's called MLS in 15. So if you go click on the highlights of the games, there's a 15-minute condensed match, man. And I've watched all of them except for two games, I think. So I, uh, I, I just... Just trying to keep up on things, and it's uh, it was it was a fun opening weekend. So let me uh, while we're talking about some of the other games, what was your favorite non SKC game that you watched, or at least watched the condensed match for this week? Oh, my favorite, huh? You know, something that was interesting to me was the Cincinnati game because it actually turned out to be like like Red Bulls were just going to smash them, yeah, and Cincinnati got back in it. Red Bulls had some laps in defense, and Cincinnati almost pulled off a draw. Um, but Jordan Morris uh, single-handedly beat the Chicago Fire. Your boy. Because the Fire were up. <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> Freaking Dr. Marty trying to troll me every chance he gets. <laughs> I see you, Marty. Uh, Chicago Fire about almost, you know, tried to get it done in Seattle. They were up 1-0 for a bit and then lost 2-1 to Jordan Morris. Um, but if I'm being honest... I kind of I, I enjoyed I enjoyed seeing Nashville get out there, yeah, scoring against Atlanta. I mean, I don't know. I don't think anyone expected them to score against Atlanta. Um, obviously, most uninteresting game was Orlando and RSL with a nil-nil result. Oh my gosh, those two teams! I hate them both. Well, let, let's and then uh, uh, San Jose got the two-two draw in like the last five seconds of stoppage time. That was pretty badass. Yeah, I never thought a two-two draw would look awesome, but. Uh, the way that finished, man, it was it was pomp and circumstance. It was crazy. Yeah, I know the 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 game that had the most hype of the weekend was probably LAFC Inter Miami, just because it's a new club and yeah. that was last year. I haven't watched that yet. Supporter Shield. I mean, it was a fine game. Uh, obviously, Carlos Vela's chip was world class. Uh, I mean, that's gonna win goal of the week. It might be up for goal of the year when it's all said and done. I don't want to get overreactionary because it's literally the first week of the season, but it was a very very good goal. Um, I think Miami showed some promise at times, but they also very much look like an incomplete team. And I think that's what they kept saying throughout the broadcast is they have spots to sign maybe two more designated players. They can buy down one of their DPs right now. So maybe when the, the summertime comes, they, they add another DP or two, and, and then this team looks like it can maybe make some noise. Uh, but they showed some promise, and obviously Carlos Vela is, is very, very good. So that was kind of fun. Um, I did also enjoy watching Minnesota beat Portland 3-1 at uh, Portland 
So that's always fun. I, you know, my brother's sad, but I enjoy watching the Timbers go down. So, you know, that was fun. <laughs> I haven't me. watched that one either, man. I, that's, that's one. And an LAFC, I still got to watch that one too. So, yeah. But overall, a good weekend of MLS in the books, man. Yep, definitely. Is there a game? I have the schedule up now. I don't know if you do, but is there a game coming up I this do. week outside of ours that you're kind of looking forward to watching? Well, you know, Dallas just manhandled Philly 2-0, and they just looked dominant the whole game. So I, I kind of wonder uh, what Dallas has to offer, and to see them go up uh, or have Thierry Henry's impact de Montreal come to town, that could be interesting. Um, on the other hand, Colorado, man, Colorado looked pretty dominant. Can they, can they get it done against Orlando City? That uh, is not very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know, bro. Be I don't know. Uh, Portland, Nashville would be fun. Yeah. Um, you know. Oh, nope. Here it is. Seattle, Columbus. Sorry. Seattle, Columbus. That's the one. That's probably – so Seattle, Columbus, or LAFC, Philadelphia are probably the two best, like, games as far as good matchups go because those teams are all pretty good. Um, I think it will be interesting to watch Portland and Nashville to see, okay, is, is Portland as disheveled and – you know, disjointed as they looked against Minnesota and can Nashville come in and, and get a result in Portland or, or what's, what's the deal there? Um, I'm also in a this weird sort of like schadenfreude kind of way interested to see how does Atlanta United respond against a really bad FC Cincinnati, FC Cincinnati team in Mercedes-Benz Stadium without Joseph Martinez because right now the only striker on Atlanta's roster is Adam John and he's not up to the caliber he needs to be to to be on a, a trophy winning team so it'll be kind of interesting to see how atlanta united responds without their best player but yeah we'll see sure um i do want to get into some questions here about sporting kc and then i also want to talk about daniel shall we going on the bachelor so let's hit some questions before we talk <laughs> about that um nathan J asks how worrisome was Ilya defensively and on turnovers so I talked a little bit about that before um what did you think did you notice anything in in the last game that that gives you cause for concern uh, regarding Ilya going forward well nothing really that stood out I don't know was that uh is that wrong to say is was there was there bad things I just think he looked a little slow at times and he looked like he you know some of the same errors that he had last year of, of, of maybe giving the ball up a little too easily and not being able to recover because he doesn't have quite the athleticism. Uh, I, I think those have carried over a bit this year. Um, I really like what he brings in the passing game and, and his field vision, and, and obviously he can be a steady sort of leader-type role on the field. But I don't know. The last couple of years it just feels like he's just a step too slow maybe. So so I'm, hmm. I'm not sure. Um but, you know, this kind of goes into another question we had from Rusty where he said, seeing how Saturday went, who are your three starting midfielders when Felipe is healthy? So what, what would you say your starting midfield is if everybody's healthy? Well, I mean, you keep who's on there and, and probably sit Ilya down. I mean, is that probably it? So you'd have Felipe. I, I feel like I'm being... I feel like I'm being tested. And I'm like, is that is that the right answer? <laughs> no, there's no right answer. Here. I mean... I really like Ilya, so I have a hard time, and I've sort of been an Ilya defender. I have a hard time saying take him out. Kiss you on the cheek or something? 
<laughs> almost. Um, but I think, I don't know. I remember also, was it last year or the year before, when there was a stretch of games where Peter was bringing Ilya off the bench around the 60th minute, and that seemed to work out really well from a strategic standpoint. And I think maybe it's because Ilya with fresh legs matched up against other teams on, on you know, 60-minute tired legs maybe is a little bit better of a matchup. So I start to wonder if do you have Gadi Kinda in that attacking midfield role, Roger in his box-to-box destroyer role, and then keep Felipe a little bit farther back as a holding mid that can push up when needed but can also drop back and sort of play that Ilié role and distribute more long balls. I don't know. That's kind of where I'm, I'm leaning right now. But who knows? So obviously Peter will have his – Peter probably will – send me the the gif of him telling me to f off three times if he hears what i think strategically so it's <laughs> um, my new favorite thing man <laughs> uh you know we had some other people beach mcgillishaw said that um he wanted to ask about zussi's performance he thought he looked like 2019 zussi um we touched on that obviously before um no other club skc kind of mirrors what you said earlier um, this person said with Houston next week at home and then Atlanta the week after uh, without Joseph Martinez, will SKC open the season with three straight wins? So I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but that's kind of what you were saying earlier is that sure. there's some opportunity to get some points early, right? 100%. I mean, let's just lock it in. Let's say, I mean, that's, that's a safe prediction, man. I'm not sitting here saying we're going to win MLS Cup or win, you know, get the treble going next year or anything like that, but, uh, Shit, man, yeah. It, it's realistic that we could we could open up with three straight wins. Um, Connor Bateman, this question just came in. It's similar as to some of the other questions, basically saying Zussi and Ilya looked like the 2019 versions, um, and they could be liabilities when we play better teams than Vancouver. So how soon could we see someone else step into their shoes? Um, I don't think we'll see anyone take Ilya off the field until Felipe is healthy, but when he is healthy, I think we might see that. I just think it's still going to be a little bit of time before Peter pulls the plug on Zussi and puts Jalen Lindsay in there. Just because we haven't seen Jalen Lindsay with the first team in a long time, I think he's going to be worked in as a sub first and then maybe a starter. But I don't know. You don't. Right. I think Zussi would need like three or four really bad games in a row to to make Peter do that. Yeah. I, I definitely see him rotating Lindsay in. Was you know starting him with 10, 15 minutes, then getting him maybe 20, then 25, 30, that sort of thing. But I just don't see him, like you said, unless Zussi just has a, an absolute you know shocking game or two in a row, Like I don't think he'll be taken out of the starting lineup anytime soon. Um, right. Mark Anthony, not the singer, asks, does it seem like – well, maybe the singer, I don't know. Does it seem like Kyrie I Shelton – <laughs> Does it seem like Kyrie Shelton found some speed while he was in Europe? He looks much faster than before. Uh, Hell yeah, he did, man. He looks good. Hanging dude. out down in the uh, in the autobahn. He looks real good, and I really like what he. I mean, he could play striker before, but he wasn't ever really a natural striker. And New York, he played on the wing, and I think he seems to match so well with what Russell brings opposite of him, what Kinda can bring behind him, what Polito brings in the center of the field. I really like this chemistry they have going on. So. Yeah, bro, and I think he really gets. I mean, chemistry is the exact is the word of the day right there, because he gets along with these guys so well. I mean, they joke around, they're always taking selfies, they, they're they're hanging out. Um, 
it, it, he he loves being there, and I I love seeing it too, man. Like we said with the. Uh, with Kitman, I was like, he hadn't stopped smiling at all, and he Kitman was like, does he ever stop smiling? I was like, I, I don't right. know. I guess you hang out with him more. I don't, <laughs> you know, tell him hi, whatever. <laughs> I think this is one of those things where maybe he kind of needed to spread his wings a bit and go overseas, try it for a year or two, just to see what you know, really test his limits, push himself, and and really kind of see, okay, where are my limits? And I think he did that, and good for him. He appeared in a couple of Bundesliga games, which is nothing to sneeze at. Um, even if it didn't work out for him over there, he 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 shot his shot and he tried it. And now he's able to come back here confident in his abilities in MLS and be able to say, I like it in Kansas City. I enjoyed my time here. Now let's go win an MLS Cup. And I think there's something to be said for that. So good for him. Absolutely. Um, so the, the last question I want to touch on is something that almost affected me uh, right before this game. And I know it affected a lot of other SKC fans. Um, but from Zachary Harden, he says, I want to hear your thoughts on the whole broadcasting mess between Sinclair and YouTube TV and if MLS should negotiate a league-wide TV deal with somebody other than Fox. So this did not affect you really, correct? You had other means of watching the game? No, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm all set. Okay, so I so am. This is this is you and everyone else. Yeah, uh, whining about it. I don't get it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I am a YouTube TV subscriber. I previously had Sling. I moved away from Sling, and as it turns out, Sling and Dish Network dropped all the Fox regional networks because of this very issue. I went to Fubo. Hmm. Fubo started raising their prices. I left Fubo to YouTube TV, but Fubo also had this same sort of issue with Sinclair and dropped all the Fox regional networks. Now it's YouTube TV's what about turn. Hulu TV. Hulu is the one that still has it right now, but YouTube TV was able to come to a temporary agreement. Um, but it just kind of sucks because if YouTube TV loses it, that leaves Hulu TV as the only sort of over-the-internet streaming option available for people in yeah. the Kansas City market to stream SKC home games on Fox regional networks. And they just teamed up with FX, man. Hulu is a, uh, it doing great right now. Yeah, but I love the YouTube TV interface, and I have all my recorded shows on their cloud DVR. That's unlimited space, and I just, I really, really would like S. Like, so right now the way it works is is teams individually are allowed to negotiate their own broadcasting deals. Although, as Drew Vanderplug reminded me on Twitter today, there are the league sort of told teams don't negotiate past 2022 because it seemed like that's when they were kind of maybe looking at a league-wide deal. Uh, I just, I wish the team or the league could figure out a universal way where, where people could stream their hometown teams from their phones, from their devices in a way that makes sense because that's it's 2020. That's the way of the world. We shouldn't have to be tethered to an actual television screen or go to a bar to watch a game when our phones, our laptops, our iPads, whatever it is you watch on, pretty soon watches might stream games who knows but you should be able to watch them how you want to watch them when you want to watch them as long as you pay for it and so i just i hope i personally would love to see skc strike a deal with espn plus because five bucks a month what's a better deal than that but i don't know i just it's it's it was nerve-wracking and thankfully they came to a temporary agreement but yeah i was scared (laughs) so a lot of people were uh a lot of people were very excited or very uh, unexcited about it. You know what I mean? They're they're pretty pissed. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's one of those things where you when you find out 48 hours before a game, oh, sorry, you can't actually watch your favorite team and you have less than two days to figure out how. And it's kind of a bummer. 
especially for someone like me who was like, I was going to be at a wedding and I was planning on recording it and then I won't be able to. And even with the whole mess, cause the, the channels like went away for a short time, but then it came back. Like it still didn't record properly for me. So I had to wait to watch the replay on ESPN plus, but you know, it is what it is. First world problems. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so let's finish this off with talking about my favorite thing that's happened outside of the Peter Vermees gift this week, which is sporting Casey's Daniel Shalhoui is going to headline the bachelor live on stage on March 12th. And so, wow. uh, you know, SKC sent out this press release that says the 23 year old was unveiled today as the headline hunk for the bachelor live on stage at Harvest Bank theater at the Midland <laughs> uh, a week headline from Thursday. Shallowy will meet 10 women vying for his heart in a show that begins at 8 PM central. Um, now you guys have tickets to this, don't you? Hold on. What times it start? 8 PM central. Oh God! What a late night! It's a work night. I had no idea. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah, we do, and uh, I don't watch The Bachelor, but my wife does. And so at first we had like discussed going. I was like, you know, whatever, I'll, I'll go for you, you know. And then we ultimately decided against it. It's like, no, seems kind of campy and cheesy. The moment this was announced today, because I knew Daniel was like he applied to be the headline hunk. <laughs> can't even say that without laughing that makes me giggle yeah and the fact that he got it like i i this was so funny dude marissa said she was having a bad day at work and i said well will this cheer you up and she was like oh my god i'm buying tickets right now (laughs) (laughs) she's like that absolutely turned my day around thank you so much I was like, okay, uh, so we like got good seats and shit. So we're, we're there, man. We got the. Uh, I'll be the the no other pod get, uh, correspondent there, yeah. trying to be there on the ground level and reporting the big the big news. And uh, who did he pick? Did he pick the wrong girl? All, all I know is I've been I've been putting innuendos on Twitter all day. I mean, what's <laughs> his uh, what's his what's his attributes? What's his bachelor player card look like? Uh, uh, goes down too easily. Oh uh, no. Has has legs for days. Oh my god! You know, uh, someone said someone said has trouble scoring. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> why would you be on The Bachelor otherwise? Uh, I guess. So yeah, very funny. <laughs> uh, you know, plays plays with his balls. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that one was a little less subtle. Um, he said okay. <laughs> but yeah, it says with the with Shallowy participating in the Bachelor live on stage official tour, fans and attendants will experience all the drama, the gossip, What's and the mean? romance of the famous TV show in one festive evening. Previous Wait, bachelor- how are we gonna witness gossip well, right in no. front of everybody? It's like, well, she's sitting right over there. You're gonna you're gonna tell secrets and tell people you don't like her snaggle tooth? What Maybe. what are you gonna do? Know. What kind of gossip? Oh, well, it Lord. says previous Bachelor and Bachelorette favorites will serve as hosts as Shallowy is introduced to local ladies from the audience for a chance at love. Well, so. that's probably going to be that uh, Tanner and, and Jade, for you know, the, those Kansas City, uh, they're local people that went on The Bachelor. Jade probably. was like a Playboy playmate and Tanner lived here. They, it's a whole thing. I just love how this ends. It says, come watch Shallowy shoot his shot as one lucky female receives his final rose <laughs> on March 12th. Wait, how is he? He's not shooting his shot, though. The, these women, I don't know. The women are shooting their shot. All, are they not? They're all shooting a shot, I guess. I don't. Who knows? I mean, 
This is... I don't know how this works, but I'm really excited to see this all unfold. And I've never watched a single episode of The Bachelor, but I am here for this, my friend. I, I didn't know this was a thing until today. The ad really? from, from Arvis Bank Theater says, have a say in his journey from your seat. So I don't know if that means you get a vote on the women. What? He gets to, to, yeah, so, I mean, this might be interactive. <laughs> um, <laughs> vote her off. <laughs> oh, my God. This sounds barbaric. Yeah, so... I mean, I'm glad you're going to be there because we need somebody on the ground reporting live. So. Oh, yeah, dude. 100%. This is. I, you think I'm not going to tweet about it? It's got to happen. Oh, absolutely. So, um, oh. thankfully, we'll have Dan Kuzar, our official No Other Pod Bachelor correspondent, there to to make sure that That's a thing. we, uh, we That's have a all thing. of the details. So, thank you Holy for taking hell, one dude. for the I, team. I just. I hope he finds love because I don't think he's really. You know, had a girlfriend in a while, and I think he was. Le- I think he's legitimately serious about this. But for Midland and for the show in general to pick him, that's just going to sell more tickets, dude. So that was very smart. They could have had some Joe Schmo that likes works for Cerner or whatever, but they have a pro athlete, and yeah. it's like, well, why wouldn't I pick the pro athlete? All the fans are going to come. That's going to help our show. There are two things that I, I I want to have been there when they happened. The first one is. When Daniel had to tell Peter that he got selected and will be participating in this in this on March twelfth, I wanted to see Peter's reaction. Because um, I can't oh, imagine I hope he that. Was there. Yeah, I hope so too. Uh, when they meet the family, it'll be he'd be like, "Fuck off, Peter. fuck off." <laughs> um, the second person I wish was there is uh, is Ikapara because I feel like he would have oh, had a hell of a time with this, and you know he always had a good joking relationship Dude. with with Shallowy, but. You know, some players got to go, right? Like, I mean, oh, Johnny Bucio Russell will and be Lindsay there. have already tweeted about it. Johnny Russell will be there and he will be shit faced. I'm sure. And he will be oh loving every God. second of it. <laughs> so I, like I said, I don't know anything about the bachelor. I just, I know there's roses involved and people get voted off and don't get me wrong. I'm no stranger to trash television. All right. I'm a big brother nerd. I love survivor. Amazing race. I even watched the circle on Netflix. Yeah. I'm weird. Oh no. But never, never the Bachelor, so I'm I'm excited. Well, I'm excited for you to report back after you are there to witness Daniel Shallowy falling in love with potentially his future significant other. So it'll be a good time. <laughs> it, it it sounds like a joke. It's a, when you talk about it, you just kind of want to laugh about it. Yeah, yeah, but it's a real thing. I didn't. I, I honestly thought it was a joke at first. I was like, "What sort of weird shenanigans is this? What kind of marketing pool oh, no. is this?" And then I was like, "Oh no, this is real." So it's now in the MLS world. Like people from other teams are like, can we get a, like uh, Brad Evans from in Seattle. He was like, can we get a live feed on MLS soccer.com? Like, this is amazing. I mean, I think we have to. So, I mean, dude, should I Facebook live it from no other pod? I don't know. Periscope it from no other pod. I mean, we would, we would get some traction. So, well, you know, (laughs) well, I didn't (laughs) know we had a Periscope. So that's fun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah well we have a twitter so we have a periscope um i had no idea yeah. i didn't know that was the same thing yeah. i'm not i'm not good man you must you know a little more than me about social media this has been tech support chapter two with jimmy in this episode um <laughs> <laughs> on that note i think we've we've run our course in this episode so do you have oh, any man. final thoughts for for our good listeners uh no I, is there a bachelor theme song i i need to 
I need to learn it or something. Are there words to it? I don't. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if there is. I don't know, man. If there is, I don't know it. I mean, I know they just say, I, "Will you accept this rose?" And then they say yes. So <laughs> it's got me wheezing. I, 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 I'm excited for the game this weekend. I'm excited to see everybody out there. Uh, I'll probably come out and tailgate a little bit. I don't know if you're you're coming out there early or not, but I think uh, yeah, Marissa and I might come early. out there and uh, eat some dogs or whatever. Yeah, I'll probably get out there well, early. Man, if we if, first uh, ten thousand people get like what rally towels or something, something like that. Yeah, if we uh, if we get out there early and we're and we're early enough and feeling up to it, we'll tweet out where we're at and we'll you know come say hi. We won't do like a big tailgate or anything, but if we're hanging out, you know, right, we'll right, come say hi. So cool, man. But yeah, thank you guys so much for for sticking with us and listening. Uh, what a great start to the 2020 season. Let's keep it up. Uh, make sure you give us Let's those five it. stars rating and reviews on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at NoOtherPod, at DanCoozer, at JCMax03. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NoOtherPod. Shoot us an email, NoOtherPod at gmail.com. Shout out to Natasha who sent us another email this week. Uh, yes. So thank you for that. Hey, and I wasn't, uh, you know, I hope she didn't think that I was giving her crap or anything for putting me as her ringtone. I mean, I, I'm absolutely flattered. I'll give you more little sound bites if you want. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't got to change it on, on my behalf. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. More sound bites from Dan, the better. So, but anyway, <laughs> thank you guys so much. We'll be back next week after hopefully <laughs> another three-point victory against the Houston Dynamo. But until then, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. And we will catch you later. See ya. Daniel Shallowy looking for love on The Bachelor. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com